Hey all, Matt here. One quick note before we get into the episode. We ran into a little technical problem. It's all fixed, shouldn't affect the episode much, if at all. But around the 35 minute mark or so, you might notice a, a slight glitch or or pause. Shouldn't be be any of any concern, but just something to note before we get into it. So with that, here we go. Come on in, guys. Matt Hambridge and Jared Sundin back again after a week off. Another episode of Talking Llama. We've got our fifth ranked season, Kagayan, this week. But first, of course, I got a little South African survivor, little update there. Um, so, of course, I got um, two episodes, episode three and four, I think a quarter of the way through the season now. And it's still awesome, still fantastic. Uh, the South African gameplay, I mentioned it before, beautiful chaos, holding up to its to its name or theme, I guess, whatever you want to phrase it through four episodes. It's the most just, it's just balls to the wall in its own unique way. It's, it's so entertaining. So once again, I'm just going to encourage anyone and everyone who has not watched survivor South Africa to watch, whether you start at season six Philippines or jump into the current season, um, of course, immunity Island, either way, just, just jump in. You'll have a great time. I've had a couple of people reach out on Twitter asking for ways, you know, how to watch the seasons. So any, any more happy, more than happy to, to get anyone else on the train there. Um, so this season again is the immunity Island still not completely sold on that as a theme or twist. Mostly I think it's production's fault. It's there's a few pretty confusing components to it. And they wouldn't be that confusing if they were explained a little better to both the cast and the audience, which leaves you kind of playing catch up a little bit to the immunity Island action. Um, but, but still the, the decision-making and the repercussions, that's where the intrigue comes in. J- just one person goes to the Island, at least for now, I don't really see that changing. So the challenges they do, I've just come to accept that the challenges are not going to be very fun. The immunity Island challenges, that is to say. So the, the real fun and interesting aspects will come from what they decide to do and, and how that affects their game or the tribe. So episode four, there was a lie told that was found out immediately because the person didn't think it through or didn't understand how, how the immunity Island of it all worked. And it was great watching that play out. Um, so quarter quarter of the way through, I believe, or roughly a quarter of the way through at least, and we're on on course for another just fantastic season. Jared, I know you had mentioned getting into South African Survivor. Have you started that yet? Nope. Still in my uh, stage of saying I'm going to do it and then having too many other things to do to be able to start. So the I still remember, though, you said first episode. It, it, they come in with a bang and that's what's keeping me interested and still with it on the list, but no, no concrete start date yet. Unfortunately, it's ready and waiting whenever, whenever you're ready. Oh gosh. Yeah. More. Sur- I don't know if I can make it another, what is it? Two and a half, three months without new survivor. And as good as the season, I think legitimately is the immunity Island. There's it definitely gets a little boost by being the first new survivor to come back. And whether that had been Australian survivor, which is also coming in the next couple of months or survivor 41, sometime in September, whichever one was first was going to get that little boost. Even if it was already good on its own, it's just going to appear that much better. Um, so if Survivor 41, the U.S. version, is the first new Survivor someone's watching since Winners at War ended, 
I'm sure it's going to get that little boost just to kind of get back into the, oh my God, we got new Survivor on again. Well, with some of the stuff they're trying on the American version, that might be necessary for me. It might need a little <laughs> little bit of a boost, but yeah, I don't know if I can make it that long. Oh, got a couple months left. We'll see how you go. All right, let's, let's jump into, again, our fifth-ranked season, season 28, Kagayan 2014, won by arguably the king of Survivor, who we just talked about last, last time, Winners at War, Tony Vlachos. This is my third-ranked season, Jared's ninth-ranked season. And as we're getting into these top five, ten seasons, both as a whole and individually, for me at least, and Jared, you can touch on this in a second here, there's very little separating these seasons. I was revisiting my rankings today. My seasons one and two are pretty, pretty solid. And then three, four, and five, um, I won't spoil the order, but there's only four seasons left after this. So you got to figure out which, which ones they are probably. Um, the three, four, and five, I could probably make an argument in any, in any order for those. Um, my fifth rank season, especially, which we'll get to in time. Um, but just that, that the three through five, they're just so tight and they don't, it's not that they're similar necessarily. I mean, every season, of course, just by nature of being survivors going to have a lot of similarities, but the, the biggest thing I guess all five have is just the cast is just dynamite. And we'll get into that a little bit, but you want to touch it all about just how you kind of have to be nitpicky a little bit just to separate one season from another when you're getting into the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, I think for me, there is very, very little separation as far as even my top 10 goes, not just my top five. Um, so like with this being season nine for me or the ninth ranked season for me, um, just like hearing it, seems low and then you go through some of the ones that are ahead of it and it's like did i like you know some of the outer circle cast members more on the other seasons did i like some of the you know contestants backstories more on other seasons did i like some of the moves more on other seasons and um yeah it's just it's really trying to pull apart like almost individual moments that would bump something up over another season that it is probably tied with. Like it's, it's really hard to choose. And I I think I'm I'm glad you mentioned the, the moments because at least for a couple spots, that's what, that's what Kagayan's got for sure over. um, Well, obviously the four left are heroes, villains, Micronesia, David versus Goliath and Cambodia. Those are the, the four to remain. And for Kagiati to be my third, I mean, you've got Wu taking Tony to the final. You've got, you know, Cass flipping at the merge. You've got Spencer and his constant comments. You've got Tony just literally being Tony. Tony 1.0 was just completely unhinged in the best way possible. Cops that, are us. That a season, yep, the the beginning of cops are us before it became the full fledged force that it came to be. Um, but a season like David versus Goliath, as good as it is, it, the, the moments that might stick out for me, at least don't come off as, as big as some of the, some of Kagan's top moments, you know, obviously jacket gate is incredible. Um, don't want to spoil too much about David versus Goliath tonight. Um, but I think that, that's kind of where Kagiyan sets itself apart uh, in my mind. And, and then of course there's the cast. It often gets discussed or mentioned as one of, if not the best all new player casts the show's ever had. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think the only all new cast that's better than this is the only all new cast that, we have ranked higher than this in our overall rankings. Yep. David versus Goliath, of course. And, and I'm guessing because the cast plays such a big part in this season and Goliath, David versus Goliath, we might do a little double dipping because some of the comparisons are inevitable. We'll try to keep it to a minimum, but we'll probably have to repeat some points when we get to that one, maybe a little more in depth on the David versus Goliath side. But my thought on that, because you're right. I think those are 
clear cut the the two best all newbie cast. You can maybe argue Borneo for most iconic just because it be, it started it all. But if you're talking about just best entertainment wise, gameplay wise, I really think it's and not not them going out on a limb here by any means. It is Kagiyana David versus Goliath. I think the difference between the two is David versus Goliath is much deeper. You could you could pick what's an it's an 18 person season. You could probably pick 14, 15, 16 of those people, put them on a season, and they're gonna pop just on their own. Whereas I think Kagayan is much more top heavy. You've got Tony, Cass, Wu, Spencer, um, Jatia had her moments, Trish, Tasha, Tasha, and yeah. and then the rest of the cast. It they kind of struck lightning just with the combination of people. Like I don't know that that like a Morgan or Alexis or an LJ is going to be great on any given season. Like a, someone like a Christian or an Angelina or Davey would be any season you put them on, they're going to shine. Some of the, the second tier characters, I guess, if you will, just the way they connected and interacted with everybody else was like the perfect combination or perfect result actually for this group of players that they might be a, a better group, but David versus Goliath has the individual stars. So it kind of depends on how you how you weight those. Yeah, I think that's for me, I was kind of alluding to it when I was talking about like outer circle mm-hmm. supporting cast members. And for me, yeah, outside of that that top tier um, that you mentioned. There wasn't a ton that I was really interested in, but yeah, like with a season like David Goliath, I mean, there's, there's enough going on from episode one through the finale with everyone in the cast that I was just, um, I, I was much more engaged, I think with that cast than I was with the Kagayan cast, not to say that Kagayan is disappointing in any way um right yeah second best in my opinion brand new cast ever but yeah that's the the top heaviness of this one um is part of the reason why it's not higher on my overall list no totally fair totally fair um so let's maybe reverse a little bit go back to the beginning um, so this one starts off with the same twist as as token chains, but rather than voting a player, quote unquote, out of the tribe, um, it's one leader making the decision for the tribe as a whole. Again, sending whatever the, whatever the exact wording is, is the perceived weakest player. Um, and I I'm personally I know we talked about this a little bit in token chains, but it, it's worked a little different here. I'm personally not that much of a fan of this kind of opening twist because you you put in this case two people completely on the defensive from minute one, and I know the game is supposed to keep you on your toes and all that, but I I don't like when someone is already on their heels from the get go. That it's a hard enough game as it is to start. And then to put this kind of perceived at least disadvantage or target on someone's back right away seems to be a little much. I mean, I, I don't hate it. It's just if if I had to choose, do you want this yes or no, I would choose no. Well, they could be out of the game altogether. So let's not get greedy here. Yes, it's not it's not a <laughs> not a Wanda Jonathan Libby situation, thank goodness. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think we've talked about it enough where yeah. like yeah, you you really have to balance like the giving people a choice and putting them at a disadvantage from the very beginning of the game. And this I think leans a little more towards the latter. What do you prefer if they were to do it? So we've seen two different iterations of it. Do you prefer the tribe voting or one person making the decision? Oh, for sure. The decision. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I'm curious if our reasoning is going to be the same. Um, well, I guess part of it is that I like 
that it could end up as like a resume thing. Um, you know, whereas if you're all just voting as a tribe, then it's not, it's kind of irrelevant as you get farther towards the end of the game for everybody, but the person that was affected. Um, but when, when it's a full tribe, obviously you're forming alliances like before you form alliances and like it, I don't know. It seems like it would be very, very hard to overcome uh, an alliance of everybody but you at the beginning of the game because they were forced into that alliance. Yep. I wouldn't phrase it exactly the same, but it's more or less in line with with what I was thinking because if you vote somebody out, I guess for lack of a better word, it's kind of a, a tribe unity thing. Where so if it's a tribe of six, it's it's a five against one or four against one, but now the votes go at that point. And it's it's really then that one person is on a solo uphill battle. And for someone to branch out from the majority to reach out, then they're kind of putting their own game at a risk. Whereas if you have someone make the decision by themselves, then you've got it, you've got at least got then two people that are kind of on the outs or at the forefront of, of people's minds. That one person who made the call, maybe you do or don't agree with it. And then, of course, the one person who got banished away from the tribe to start. So you've got two people who kind of have to play damage control versus just one against an entire tribe. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, yeah, I don't really have much to add after that. It's, um, I think we could just both do without either, but correct. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, Glad we're in agreement on this one, though. Yep, and and like we've said before, we we like when they switch things up here and there in the game. It you know can't let it get stale. Um, but there's something so pure about just a, a classic marooning to start the game that if you want to if you want to throw in the hidden advantage somewhere that Andrea Belke is just going to walk right over and and not notice right away, or an extra bag of rice out in the ocean, something like that is is great. But I, I like just the, here's the game. You're all on a boat, jump in the ocean and just go crazy for the first two minutes. I, I prefer that. So, something classic, just get to get the game going, get everyone off on a solid-ish foot and then and then throw, throw twists and challenges their way. If I'm being honest, um, Ozzy diving off the boat in the marooning of Game Changers probably bumped that season up like eight notches for me. I love when people try to outswim the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it always works. If I always, you mean never. Yeah, that's what I meant. They're the, they're the same thing. <laughs> they're pretty, <laughs> they're... Much, pretty much equal. People just get so full of themselves. It's, it's, I love when in, in any scenario in the game, whether it's in that or strength challenge or a puzzle or whatever it is, when someone is just is just so confident in in their ability and whatever it is, and then they just fail miserably. <laughs> yeah, it's even that, better there because Ozzy and and Wigglesworth also did it. I think Joe probably did too. They're all incredible swimmers, so it's not like they were they were going slow. It's just you're up against a literal boat. Yep. It there's not there's no better way to quickly get to know a contestant than if they jump off the boat. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, you know exactly what kind of person or player they are. If that's what they're, especially if they're the first. Yep, yep. Because they're, they're setting the tone. So if someone follows suit, it's then you know it can go a little a few different ways. But when someone's the first to do it, it's like okay, this this guy, this person, this guy, girl, they're they're here for real. And they may not be the smartest player, but they're here for it. Although I think we might be thinking of something different because I. I was thinking him jumping off a gigantic boat in game changers in the marooning, like to go get stuff in the water. Not, not like him jumping off of a canoe, you know? To no, try no, and... Yeah. He's jumping off the boat, but then they also have the tribe either canoe or raft. Okay. So, so he was trying okay. to like beat them to <laughs> the extra <laughs> okay. bag of rice yeah. or whatever it was. And then, and I think he he started, I believe, before the boat started. But then once they started, you know, they're they're still they're just paddling, but it takes nothing at all to overtake a swimmer. 
Yeah, I'll have to rethink everything about my life if the swimmer beats the boat one of these times. I mean, get Michael Phelps on a season, or Ryan <laughs> Lochte, or oh, get Katie Ledecky on a season. <laughs> yeah. Even, oh, they should bring her out as like a challenge or reward something like they did with, with Cochran, but, but have them, have them compete or you compete against them. Yeah. Or I mean, like it's, it's, uh, the, it's the Olympics this summer. Katie Ledecky is going to dominate the Olympics again, get her on season 42 as some, as some sort of a challenge component race against Katie Ledecky in a boat and see what happens. I am all for that. It'd yeah. Very or gimmicky, but do it once I'm here for it. Maybe like get, um, I don't know, someone like Elizabeth Beisel on a season. Fair Sorry. enough. We, that, I, that, that didn't go over well. We did have an, <laughs> an Olympic swimmer as a contestant, <laughs> but she's no Katie Ledecky. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious watching her swim and just be just miles better than everybody. It's, I cannot wait to watch that again this summer. So what season are we talking about? We're talking about the Olympics. We're switching okay. gears here. Okay. Got, Tokyo 2021 all, all night. We're done with Kagayan. Um, so with, with the, that twist, Garrett from the brains takes the clue to the idol. Trish from Braun takes rice and Morgan from beauty takes clue. And like you mentioned with, with Ozzy, where you kind of see a player for who they are based off that decision, looking back on it, I think you can, you can say the same for at least in this iteration for these three players and, and how they approach the game, you know, in, in token sheens, what's her name? Sandy. She was kind of, you know, someone's like salty about it or yeah, she took the clue. Yeah. If she's kind of salty about it, it might just take it. Um, but, but in this case, I really do think it, it played into each person's approach to the game. Now, of course, Garrett's game didn't last much longer than this, barely longer at all, but, but it is kind of fun looking back at these kind of early decisions and and just seeing how how much it relates or tracks the rest of their gameplay from that point on. Yeah. Um, could you one more time give me the three people again? Cause I I feel like I remembered it differently than Garrett than from Brains, okay. Trish, Trish from Braun, and Morgan from Beauty. Okay, I forgot that Trish was one of them. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm my brain's all over the place because I had a different point um, when you when you mentioned that uh, that Garrett obviously didn't last super long. I started looking at this cast, and I'm already rethinking myself on the depth of the cast because a lot of these people if they would have stayed like let's say that Alexis and Morgan and Jeremiah go out first. Um, I think that, that David who actually went out first could have been just an outrageous character. I think Garrett could have been wild. Like I think, I think Garrett Garrett could have been good. Yeah. Um, Jatia, obviously, you know, going home fourth, like this is a, it seemed top heavy, but maybe if, if things worked out differently, uh, I would, I would remember this as being a much deeper cast, but anyway, um, it might also be that someone like Tony is just so prevalent, <laughs> overwhelming and over, I cannot <laughs> think of a better, a good word to say, but overwhelming. That's, in a good way is absolutely the the word to describe his presence on on the show in this season. Yeah. Never okay. So back to your like question. Him. Back to your question. Can you what repeat was my it question? one more time? What was my question? Uh, which of the three? Uh, who that that's all I remember. Which of those three people? I th- I think I don't think there was a question. Oh, okay. I think I was just make trying to make the point that it was it was fun looking back on it after the fact that their decision and approach to this one decision kind of exemplified their larger approach to the game. Okay. Yeah. If you want to make up a question, 
from that and answer that go for it no no i don't think that would be a good idea all right so then, then we get tony lying about being a cop which which i i can see but in in general you've got i think you've got to have a lie i mean tony is going to be the exception to every single rule that we can think about discussing i think in in very general general terms it's you got to have your lie if you're going to lie about your job or anything at all you got to have every single duck in a row completely solidified because you're you're lying you're double crossing you're telling half truths just in the game itself and then to try to keep your own personal life stuff secret which you could easily slip up and to say and if someone's talking about their their work you know in the one of the many hours of downtime at camp it's like oh yeah i was chasing this perpetrator one time and then then it's blown and just to tack on this one extra often unnecessary thing especially because sarah figures it out <laughs> within like five minutes yeah that was the best now i can just tell <laughs> yeah and and i mean it makes for great tv when people unnecessarily back themselves into a corner even if it's not like a bad corner you know line up at your job whatever you can make a case of why you lied about being a cop or a lawyer whatever it might be do um, we remember what Gary Hogaboom's fake job was? Because I, I feel like everyone I, says construction. I don't. I just remember that being hilarious because like nobody except for Danny <laughs> had any idea who he was. Yeah. Um, so like you said, unnecessary lie. Yeah, because oftentimes it's it's not even doesn't even apply or, or come into consideration. Um, and, and the thing is, who knows, maybe because you don't know how people are going to perceive your job one way or the other, whether it's a police officer or lawyer, doctor, rocket scientist, athlete, you know, I think, I think the jobs that either make you rich, like the late great Cliff, Cliff Robinson on this season or any other professional athlete, you know, that's Gary Hawkins, the landscaper. That's okay. what it was. So construction landscaper, it's, I feel like people use that because you don't need extensive knowledge to, to get by with it. But I also don't think people think about how, just how much downtime there's actually going to be. You see on TV and there's, from what we see, there's very little, but when you're on an Island for 24 hours a day for upwards of 39 days, there's only so much wood you can gather. There's only so much Not if water, you're butch. water, Not if you're butch. You boil. It's a great point. Another exception to prove the rule that what are you going to talk about your family and your job? It's just, it's just as boring as it may be. Those two things are two of the just basic default topics of conversation. And, and if you did work in construction, then that, that's one thing you can, you know, BS about it all day long, but you can probably know it enough about building, whatever it might be, landscaping, gardening to get by at first. But as the, as the days go on and the hours drag on, people are going to ask about, you know, what's, you know, funny stories or, or someone's going to have a home renovation project and they're going to ask you about like your opinion on something. Like you just never know what's going to come up and you're just, you're just making it harder for yourself. Now, Tony made the game harder for himself in, in a lot of ways <laughs> um, just by being who he is. And I'm beyond thankful for that. Having the, having the experience with him <laughs> that we did. But I, I appreciate when people do that for the fans, even if it's not for the fans in their mind, it ends up being for us because anytime they make the game more difficult for themselves, the audience often benefits. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it kind of makes Tony's two wins more impressive also because he was playing against Tony. <laughs> That's such a good way to think about it. Oh, I don't think 
don't know if I've ever heard it phrased that way, but it's that's completely true. Man, that's why I we mean, love him. I mean, he's even said he would he would just do what he would do during the day and then think about at night how to rectify or put out the fires, <laughs> deal with it, and then just light new fires the entire next day. Yeah. Re- rinse, repeat until you yeah. win a million dollars and then win two million dollars. <laughs> yep. He is one of the all-time great, not just Survivor characters, but just reality TV characters. Mm. Just, I mean, we have other people to talk about, other things to talk about, but Tony, yeah. Tony is just, I mean, he's he's the namesake of our of our podcast. You know, the the, the talking llama. Mm-hmm. Just, I've got the the clip queued up, and you you know you hear it in our in our intro um, and outro, but it's just. I'm sorry, I don't talk llama. I'm supposed to talk llama to you. You understand that better? I mean, who even thinks of that? It's it's complete <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got uh, the, the also fantastic, um, the top five baby call out. Anna wins immunity. and if you're if you don't remember that clip as as specifically as the talking llama when tony's proclaiming top five there are 12 people left in the game (laughs) they have not merged yet and his tribe was down in numbers five to seven and yeah and he's still just calling out top five baby top five baby i mean people don't do that when they literally make top five often they'll wait to get back till they get back to camp and say all oh, right we're in the top five i mean what had to have been going through his mind at that point when there's like two and a half times the people left in the game than the, than the position you're calling out i i think that he had strategized so much that that was like one of the main scenarios that going to the end with those five people like and winning a challenge with them he just kind of he just kind of blurted it out and i mean the I, only I don't know thing if- that would make even um tiny amount of sense sense is if he was saying this is my top five and that if that was his intention but that did not come across at all to to anybody i think it was spencer who who, who called him out i think in a confessional just saying, yeah, Tony called out top five, but there's 12 people left and he's in the minority. He sure did. Spencer, the young lad. Yep. Well ahead of his time, though. Oh, Spencer, or was Spencer. he? Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of great moments. I'm glad we got a, a top five baby quote now as we are in the top five of our uh, countdown. It's kismet. It's perfect. We, we knew what we were doing. Or the survivor gods knew what they were doing when they led us to rank the seasons this way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Maybe. Per- couldn't have been planned more perfectly. Um, so that actually goes right up about until the merge, which is one of my favorite episodes of the season. Because I, so this is of course, there's 11, Sarah's right in the middle. And she, of course, views herself as, as the swing vote. I had the power in this game. I'm the most powerful position right now. And then she goes out. I love when this happens specifically like this point in the game where there's a very clear cut two sides and someone in the middle and then both sides are just like hey what if we just took this person out it it reeks of Chris or, Noble. or you get like one or two people to flip it's like and that person they're so confident like yeah like chris noble that that they're gonna decide the course of the game going forward and it's like ah no you're done and 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 we love Sarah. That that is obvious to anyone who's who's listening. She's I wasn't a huge one of fan the of, greatest players ever. Which that that's a good a good point. Do do you see that watching Kagayan now, knowing what she goes on to do? Do you see though the player who would later become known as Lucina in her first outing? Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe in hindsight, um, just that like, 
she she did have herself set up pretty well, but I think revealed too much. Okay, we're just coming back from a little technical glitch there. So if this is a little, little jumpy, just bear with us if we maybe repeat ourselves as we get back on track here. So we're talking about the merge vote with with Sarah and... Oh, no, we're talking about if we saw the future Lucina in Sarah's fir- first outing in, in Kagayan here. Yeah, I... I think yes, in hindsight. Um, I think clearly to herself, she had a plan that she was super confident in. And I think that she may have revealed a little too much about it. Um, and especially <laughs> to the wrong people. But um, like in general, I think that she was playing a pretty solid game up until that point and um had proven to be a pretty versatile player who could who could play with pretty much anyone play both sides and that's super important to being able to make a deep run in the game so i think there were aspects of it i don't want to i don't want to be like oh yeah yeah clearly if she played again she was going to win and finish top three on an all-winners season but um yeah top i think a little four, bit. not to get nitpicked sorry sorry Top four, top four. Um, but yeah, couldn't couldn't predict that much, but um, definitely some potential. Yeah, I, I think got to give some credit to Probes probably to cast her again on on Game Changers because she was one of the, the players that when the Game Changers cast was announced that I was really taken aback by that I was like, what I, I really didn't see a lot from her watching Kage on the first time around. And then obviously we, me and Ryan, anyone else who thought that was completely wrong in our original assessment, given what you said that she is one of the greatest players to, to play. I don't know that you can argue that her exact mm-hmm. placement, of course, up for debate, but one of the best. Um, And I, I was, I was baffled when I saw her on the cast list, I was like, oh, whatever. I, she was fine, but I wasn't blown away by her. Didn't think of her as anything close to a game changer. Um, again, not to get back into that, not that many players actually are, but didn't think of her as an all-star, I guess. That's basically what the season season was. And so it was, it was really cool seeing someone who maybe didn't get a chance to flex their full arsenal first time around, really come out swinging and just dominate the game pretty much so that that's that was really cool to see yeah i think time around. Uh, yeah sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna jump yeah, go in and it. just say um one of the other things that i think is most important to being a great survivor player and in my opinion tony has this better than pretty much anybody else to ever play the game um there's maybe a few people like Suri, Parvati, um, and and I think Sarah too. And this is this is why I'm making the point. But I think that with her seeing it so soon in Tony and just seeing through his lies so soon, um, she has very good intuition. And I think intuition is like the maybe the most important thing you can have in Survivor. But um, I will always think of Tony as the king of intuition where he just he knows what's going to happen and he knows who's with him and who's not and um it's it's crazy to get two people with such strong intuition not just on the same season but like working together and uh yeah it it it's not entirely surprising that one of them was ousted super early if they could both tell that they'd have to compete against each other sure at the end of the game well, well, Tony, Tony was surprised by that vote at the at the merge. Hmm. He wasn't even because that's the one where, um, excuse me, where Tony and LJ both played idols for each other, thinking they were they were one they're the two targets, and I think 
I'm trying to, I'm looking up here to see was, who, who Tony was Sarah for. strategizing against Tony though. Um, let me pull that vote up. Uh, why can I not find it? Why can I not find this? Oh, Sarah, look at me in the face. Um, no, it was, it was Sarah on the six, and then, then, J- oh, Tony. I, I had it kind of backwards. Tony did vote Sarah, but he, he thought that they were coming after him when they were coming after Jeffra. Yeah. And so I, I don't know that he thought they had the numbers for it, which is why they okay. played the two idols. But yeah, Jeffra was the other target. I had it backwards okay. a little bit. Well, uh, either way, I think that she kind of foreshadowed with some of her intuition that she was a much stronger player than she appeared to be on her first season so i guess there's there's another factor that you maybe could have seen early on mm-hmm. okay um talk about the cast some other other characters and i think we obviously have to talk about woo um because he he's he put his he, he put in his application for for worst moves in survivor history that's for sure um, he even says at one point, I'd be the stupidest survivor player ever to take Tony to the end. Well, I I actually, uh, I don't know if I completely agree with that, but um, I'm glad that he he has submitted an application. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know that I would go as far as saying that, but. Part of, I think, what makes decisions worse is what they result in. So, so, so Eric, for example, giving up his immunity necklace, that didn't necessarily cost him a million dollars because he wasn't guaranteed the final anyway. And even if he made it, he still might have lost to one of the other other women there. He he likely would have won had he made it, but. It was much less up in the air, whereas whereas Wu, he takes Tony, he loses, he takes Cass, he wins. You know that's there's no ifs ands or buts about that. So that decision definitively cost him nine hundred thousand dollars. But it did get him on another season three seasons later. So fair trade. I would say no. <laughs> I would say no to. I would take um, the I would take the Millie <laughs> and one appearance versus two seasons and less than that. Yeah, that was uh I mean he we'd probably see him again regardless. So yeah, that was I I mean, if I remember right, he wanted to do the thing where you go up against the strongest people and like if that's your goal, I think you're accepting that you could lose. So that's why I don't think it's stupid is because I think he knew that if he played that way, he was running that risk and he chose to do it anyway. Um, I think that's, stupid that's a fair way to look at it. Yeah. I think stupid would be um, thinking that Cass would get more votes than Tony. So taking Tony. Yes. Um, because as Spencer Bloodstone so eloquently put it, Cass 0% chance at winning this game. Yep turned out to be true she had i i liked Cass a lot more the second time through i wasn't a big fan of her the first time i wouldn't say i disliked her i just was kind of eh on her but going going through again i i love players who just just mess things up just for the sake of messing things up i have nothing against watching her um i i think and i think a lot of the backstory carries over into Cambodia too which is it's kind of an interesting dynamic between them but um I know Cass not to get too off the topic maybe the most improbable challenge comeback ever in survivor history oh Um, yeah (laughs) yeah so I forgot about that until I watched the season again and that alone I was like huh that is that is someone who interests me. 
yeah, that was something else. That was really something else. Um, but let's let's say let's we don't we don't do a lot of a lot of what ifs on this on this podcast. So let, let's let's dive in there. Let's say that Wu took Cass to the end and wins the course. So then we'll say Tony takes Wu's place on second chance. How do you think Tony does in that season? And do you think it ultimately affects the final outcome of that of that year of that season? Oh man. I don't think he I don't think he would have done well. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of very very smart players on second chance and and seeing how he played his first season, I think he would have had a huge target like he did on Game Changers. Um would have probably turned out pretty similar. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't think him not winning Kagayan would have resulted in him playing his second season completely differently. Like he played his third season. Yep. I, I would agree. I think he needed that, that middle dud. To, I think he would have had, yeah, pretty probably a pretty similar um, result in second chance as he did in game changers. Um, so I'm just looking at the caster, just assuming a straight one to one swap. He, you know, he would have been on to KO with well, with Terry, but he had to he had to leave. Um, Jeff Varner, PG, Shireen, Vitas, Wigglesworth, Abby Maria. Oh, him and Abby Maria could have been. <laughs> could have been funny to, to we, watch him go we did it, miss though. out on that yeah Missed not, not an even trade-off but it would have mitigated a little bit seeing those two try to get along um but yeah I, I think i think he would have probably tried to play the same game more or less and he would have gone out and then we'd probably that would probably be it for tony i'd i mean maybe down the line he might have come back again I don't think if, he they, if they do another right. season, but I think that probably would have would have closed the book on the on the Tony Lacho survivor story, and that's just too sad to think about. Yeah, let's not. What else? What else do we want to talk about? Um, well, there's another great great quote from um, from Spencer. Um, <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna what you're gonna do here from episode two. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Garrett. Is this the one you're thinking of? Oh no, I was thinking about the Jatia one. Uh well, this is this is it's about Jatia. Garrett oh, okay. was bad enough at the game that the girls were willing to choose someone who destroyed all of our food over him. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't remember, but he which makes... which is a great a great point. I don't know that I would have thought about it in that exact way in that context but that's a perfect way to encapsulate just like how how absurd it can be that about some of the decisions that get made in this game yeah that's i would not have thought about it that way and i did not remember he said that but that is a great quote i thought you were gonna do the uh the fact that i don't know are you gonna are you gonna do that one too or no, no that was that was the last quote i had the uh I think it was him saying about Jatia when he voted her out. The fact that you are a nuclear engineer seriously scares me or something <laughs> like that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And, and the, the, the thing about Jatia is like, if you, if you look up what she's been doing lately, she's awesome. Hmm, like okay. she, she does a lot of, of good work, you know, with, with getting girls involved in STEM, um, doing a lot of, lot of work with like with survivor trying to get some more diverse, you know, some more diversity behind and in front of the camera. Um, and just in general, it's in life. She's doing a lot of really good work. And I think survivor fans maybe have an unfair view of her based on this one outing. So I'd, I'd encourage anyone um, who maybe wasn't a big fan of her to at least check out what she's doing. Cause she's doing a lot, a lot of good work. And I, and I would actually, because of that, would like to see her come, come back at some point um i guess that can lead us into our second chance unless there was anything that we missed that you want to go over well i'm sure there's a ton of stuff uh like we haven't even talked about tasha yet i thought tasha was a really good player um see see tasha she 
I'm trying to think of the best way to to word this because I've done it before with people and they don't really know what I'm trying to say. So I'm hoping she she struck me. She's obviously a very smart person, smart player. She knows the game, but she struck me as someone who thought she was cool because she was playing Survivor. Okay. And then, but then everyone else on the show is also playing Survivor, so they don't care that you're playing Survivor because you're both on the show at the same time. Okay, and it, that it just could be. it just kind of rubbed me the the wrong way that you're kind of using that to your as part of your personality when you're literally in the same position as everyone else that you're around. My my way to think of Tasha is that. She is like if Michelle Fitzgerald didn't win. Interesting. I think I think she played a, a very solid game. Um, you know, had some decent challenges, decent alliances, but she probably lacked the uh, the the social game or you know game awareness that Michelle ultimately uh, ended up using to win her first season. Interesting. I think I would have to think about that one a little more hmm. and not consider that that viewpoint. Well, I could be totally but, wrong, too, but just it just well, came to my mind. So I thought that sounds like an opinion. So I don't know how that can be, no. be totally wrong. It could be somewhat wrong. Yep. Mine usually are. <laughs> uh, I will uh, also the Tony talking about <laughs> Morgan being like a pillow. Um. I'm not sure if you remember that. He was just talking about her work ethic around camp. Oh, yep. And uh, yeah, thought that she was a pillow. Um, I think uh, there's probably a few votes in here that we're glossing over. Um, Yeah, I think maybe... Did LJ get blindsided there? I feel like there's a couple of blindsides in here that we're not talking about, but ultimately, um, you know, the fact that, that I can't even really remember probably shows how important it was in the grand scheme of the season. Um, and then what, uh, we can, eh, we'll save the Spencer and Cass stuff for Cambodia because that carries over there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll in my notes here. Um, <laughs> this here's one about Tony. I said Tony lied about being a cop, then admitted he was a cop to the other cop, then lied again to her about someone wanting to vote her out. <laughs> and it's that's classic Tony. Um, use the truth to convince them of a lie. Yes. Uh, watching Cliff Robinson shoot a basketball in a challenge was pretty hilarious. Oh yes, that I not a basketball, but I, you know, I didn't have that in my, in my notes, but I wanted to touch on that. On um, it's not not a survivor thing necessarily, but just an athletic thing. When you see, because like one of the things that goes around online sometimes is people saying, "Oh, I could." I could get a hit off a professional baseball pitcher or I could, I could, I could make that pass the NFL, whatever, whatever it might be. And then you see someone, I mean, Cliff Robinson is a pretty good, pretty good ball player, but someone like a Scott Pollard, cause he had a, he had a shooting challenge in, in a co-wrong as well. And he, he was not exactly for an NBA player, what you would maybe call good. And cause I think in the, in the, in the championship that he's so proud of, I think he played zero minutes or not much more than that. Hey, and he didn't but, hurt the team, but he's, but he's still a professional NBA basketball player yeah. and seeing him just dominate that shooting challenge. Like he did. It's effectively the same thing that, that Cliff Robinson did. It, it goes to show that even someone who is quote unquote bad at a professional level is still like the elite of the elite of the elite of the elite of people who play whatever sport it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was super fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Professional athlete versus mortals um, just in a weird survivor challenge. Um, Do you ever watch that show pros versus Joe's? 
No, no, I can imagine the concept though. And I can imagine a lot of people are humbled. Uh, well, there's, there's a lot of people obviously that, that rip. I know Brian Scalabrini was one of those guys who everyone thought was horrible. And then he plays someone one-on-one and <laughs> destroys them. Um, people have such a, a warped sense of their own abilities when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, no, but I, yeah, I think I, I think I understand the concept. Um, just going through my, my notes here. Uh, one random one. Um, blindfold challenge in the third episode where the where all the guys walked nuts first into obstacles i love a good blindfold challenge <laughs> exactly for that reason not not specifically the nut shots but i mean people getting hit in the balls is always gonna be funny it's just, it just, it's just a fact of nature it's going to be funny every time it happens but when they when they just walk unknowingly even if it's just like a thigh or someone walks into another person the unintentional physical humor in terms of people getting not seriously hurt is always going to play for me yeah yeah so just going down the list here i mean it's got everything you need it's got it's got kind of uh i mean blind sides you got some all-time great players you got the blindfold challenge. You got professional athlete competing against normal people. Um, it, yeah, just uh, maybe some all-time questionable survivor moves uh, towards the end of the season. And yeah, you put it all together and and you got a top five baby for us. Absolutely. One other thing we didn't talk about, um, the, the Tyler Perry idol. Another terrible idea of being able to play it after the votes are read but what, what makes this one more fun is is how tony played it genius yeah i i still will never support an idol with this kind of power but when it results in tony being able to do what he did with it you know saying he can play it for at one extra tribal council than a normal idol and it's after the votes i mean he he fooled everybody to a T. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was magic watching watching pull that stuff. That was one lie that he really followed through with and did not forget about. Where I think someone asked him, they're like, "Well, like you're, I mean, you're going to be in the final five or final four or something like that." And he goes, "No, no, I got the super idol." <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, it's just so quick to be like, "No, remember." Yeah, Just that that's one that you up. can't forget about. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hate hate the the idea of the idol, but I mean, if <laughs> if you can make something like Tony did out of it, where you can turn into something totally different and win the game because of it, yeah, I'll I'll allow it. Yeah, that that's a perfect example of why it's hard to judge different twists or game mechanisms like that in a vacuum. Now, something like that, I will judge in a vacuum and say it's stupid. Medallion of power, very stupid. But there's so much where if you get it in the hands of the right player, that in 99 other players' hands, it's going to be dumb and pointless or way too powerful, whatever it might be. But if you find that one golden nugget that one perfect person you're going to get television gold out of it yeah and coincidentally um the other right person also had the idol like this in uh cook islands much less entertaining but effective and equally effective and 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 still pretty fun to watch but not just in the same in your face over the top kind of way yeah much more methodical and I'm blanking on a, on a better word, but methodical and intelligent, I guess, thought out way of doing it. But yeah, and you get, yeah, you get to the right person and good things can and will happen. Basically, anytime Tony does anything, good things <laughs> happen. More Tony, please. That's the question though. Do you want more Tony? Yes. Or do you think? Always. Always. 
I'd agree with that. Martoni. I'd agree with that. I don't want to see him go out on a bad run, but that's the thing. He went out as high as anybody can in this game, winning winners at war, dominating the entire season, being hilarious the entire time. I mean, it was, it was basically the perfect game and the perfect viewing experience as fans. So if he's going to go out, you can't really ask for a better way to do it. But at the same time, if you ask me, is Survivor more fun when Tony's a part of it? The answer is yes. Of course. Always. So yeah, it would, it, it would make me very sad if he comes back again and goes out like first or second and we get an episode or two of him. Then maybe it wouldn't be worth it. But then we just get him, get him for another time. But if he can make a deep run again, I think he can have a successful other season without winning or even making you know, top five, baby again. Yeah. Well, who else, who is it time for who else we want to see on, uh, on future seasons? I think it could be, um, my second chance, Bryce, we haven't talked about Bryce is a lot of fun. Um, he, uh, he also does a podcast on the, on the RHAP network. He's just a crazy person in a great way. He's so just enigmatic and energetic. He, he, if he got, if he had been given or had the chance to kind of get his feet under him a little bit more, he, I think he, he would have proven to be a really fun character. He's just so outgoing and personable. He, he, he'd be great for reality TV. Um, he's probably in terms of second chance, he's probably the only one I'd put a hard yes to, you know, Jeffra, Morgan, Trish, Alexis, LJ, Garrett, I could probably take or leave any of them. Jatia as well. I might, I might push for, but there's really no one outside of Bryce that I would say, yes, I want this person again. There's a bunch that I'd be okay with. Um, but, but no one that, that I'm super passionate about outside of Bryce for a second chance. Yeah, I will go. I remember Bryce a little bit. Um, wouldn't be opposed to it at all. I, I did not know, uh, that Jatia was, leading the charge to get more girls into the STEM programs. So if we could get, this would have to be like a, a Tony evolution from game changers <laughs> to winners at war. But um, I'd be really curious if there is like another side of Jatia that could be like a very, very savvy survivor player. So I, think I might want to see that. She, yeah. she did last summer. Um, summer 2020 some interviews um with rob sesternino part of their their black voices in survivor series maybe just one one or two and she knows the game and she's got a good personality um i think things just kind of broke against her in in the game that i i i think i think she should have a hard time to win the game but i i think there's a side of her that can make a a pretty deep deep run and be and be be entertaining while doing so yeah um i i think that well i don't know what you're referencing specifically but i think she actually could win because there's people like that who people who other people think are you know too loud or too controversial that kind of just stick around because like oh yeah you know jatia can't really win because she's jatia but sure um, I think that kind of happened with Tony after game changers, but um, I could, I think I'd like to see her again. Um, I I was going to say Garrett and then your Spencer quote swayed me where <laughs> if, if he's that bad, then no, um, don't need to see him again. But also that was episode two and it's Spencer. Well, and Spencer 1.0 was, was snarky in a great way. Um, but I think it's a good point though. I don't know if I need to see that again. That's fair. Um, same with David, uh, David, David, man, he, he was kind of front and center for about five seconds and then he was not. So I, I mean, other than that, I've not seen, not seeing much. I mean, the first four people to go 
I would, I think we're four of the more interesting people than let's say like this middle group of, yeah, like Lindsay, Alexis, Morgan, LJ. So yeah. Um, I'll go with Jatia as my one, but would not be opposed to Bryce. And then it would be a, a hard sell on David and Garrett. Hard sell, meaning you would need the I would need the firm sale or you would pitch. Or it's a would, sell you're passing. No, I would need a really good pitch to uh to convince me. That's fair. That's fair. And then um a lot of the bigger players, or most of them have already return tony and sarah obviously spencer Wu, tasha and cass out of that group i know we, we touched on tony already tonight um what about the others people you'd want to see again people you think have run the course i could i could maybe go spencer not like next season but i could go like full uh adult form spencer he yeah. he has changed a lot. He he's you know if you listen to some interviews recently or if you follow him on social media anywhere, he's definitely changed. And so it would it would definitely be a different version of him on the show if he were to play again. Yeah, I, I haven't been keeping up at all with that, but um yeah, it's I think we've talked about it before how people debut super young and then we would kind of like to see how they change over time and, and come back. Um, maybe uh, I'd like to see Cass on a season without Spencer too. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. She's two for two. Yeah. That's it. I mean, Tony and Sarah are always going to be great, but um, we kind of know what we have with them at this point. Yep. Which is great to be to be to be fair, yeah. but yeah, it's they're they're known quantities in terms of entertainment and gameplay. Uh, but I think that should do us for our fifth ranked season, Kagayan. So next week for our fourth ranked season is Cambodia, second chance, and I mean very, not that this is a surprise or anything different, but very excited to talk about this one. This was a super just fun season for a few different reasons that are kind of unique to it. Um, get, we'll get into the casting of it all and just, you know, Jeremy's running everything. So Cambodia next week and just a few, so four seasons left. We'll, then we'll get into our second chance casting, do a little brand steel. Then we should hopefully be four, five weeks, maybe six away from the premiere of survivor 41. Still waiting on that official premiere date, but it's probably going to be second half of September or so. And we will, absolutely be here with live coverage of that when it debuts do some previews and hopefully the timing here will match up pretty well with the start of new u.s survivor so for jared sundin this is matt hambage and we'll see you next time for another scoop of the crispy